Welcome to Gossip and Glam, a podcast on Bravo's Real Housewives. We are on episode two of the new season of Beverly Hills, or Bev Hills. <laughs> I am DeBay, and joining yes. me is the podcast king, the king of podcasts. Hot as balls. Diggill. Hot as balls. Who Denise Richards that? about her husband. When she oh. first met him, hot <laughs> as balls. That's what she thought he was. I don't think I don't think Denise Should Richards I... is qualified to know the heat, the temperature of balls. She just isn't. But I get. Well, how do you know? Well, maybe she is. She kind of inferred that she was slutty. She used well. To that slutty. was a big takeaway from the show for me is that apparently when she went to her husband, then boyfriend's freak, freak, anti aging balance company or whatever he does over there that while she was in one of the rooms they did the do so how about that wait you're not down with frequency work yeah i don't know what frequency work is but let's you don't even i know i don't know what it is but whatever it is apparently he got frequent in her if you know what i mean is that what it means apparently that's what it means Wait, I we're not keeping this PG. We, What's there's I nothing wrong with frequent what, in her. Wanna... There's nothing R about that. Oh shame. Stop. She said that it's and, and what was interesting for me, uh, and I'm sure for most people, if they didn't know, was the whole intertwined relationships of Denise Richards and Rinna. Lisa Rinna, I know. How incestuous is Hollywood? Wow. So if I'm getting this right, you'll correct me if I'm wrong here. So, um, this guy that is married now to Denise Richards, I think he's married. Aaron. Aaron. Yeah, I think he's married now. Was is is not technically divorced from Nicolette Sheridan, who used to be Lisa Rinna's current husband's wife thirty years ago, Harry Hamlin's wife. Correct. I believe that's the case. Yeah. Well, Denise Richards and Aaron got married, I guess, over yeah. the summer. Um, yeah. So they're, but at the time of taping, right, I guess they were not, he wasn't legally uh, divorced. Yeah. Never trust a dude who wants to be on a real housewives reality show. Let me just point that out. Oh, don't, well, you, you know, you just shouldn't trust hanger honors, period. Um, I don't know if I would classify Jordan Woods as a hanger Ooh, honor. Can we talk about that? Ooh, oh. Oh, what else is there to talk about? <laughs> well, Jesse Smollett for one, but I'm just saying Jordan Woods. No, the Jordan Woods Tristan saga has been gnawing at me for days. Yes, I, I feel very unsettled. I can't stop questioning in my mind. Why? Why? <laughs> yeah, it's like a famous episode of Good Times that you just recreated right there. Um, that actually reminded me of um, skating, skating, oh, skating. Oh, right, right. Tanya or Nancy, Nancy Kerrigan. Uh, right. Why? Yeah, no, you're right. Why? That was Nancy Kerrigan. Good Times was actually damn, damn when uh, John Amos died. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, where do we be- Can I begin? Can I, have, I have some place to begin here. May I say something? Please. Is there a possibility? So for those who don't know, once again, rumors out there 
that Tristan Thompson has cheated on Chloe yet again, yet again, this time yet with again. Kylie's best friend, Jordan Woods. Oh, 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 oh the scandal. Um, is there, it really is, there is. a possibility to pay? And I don't mean to like question all of this concern that you and me and everyone else is putting into it. Is there a possibility that this is all bullshit? Um, I reserve maybe five to 10% that it could be bullshit in terms of it being some kind of twisted miscommunication or a misrepresentation. Maybe, maybe, I mean, I'm sure that they were seen and witnessed cuddling and canoodling and hanging out for long, for hours that day. But I don't believe that this would be contrived for the purposes of press or PR because it's simply too dangerous. Would you be pissed off if it were? Would it be, would it upset you enough? Would it anger you enough that you've spent enough time of your life thinking about this, this supposed scandal? If you found out that it was all a promotional stunt for the upcoming season of keeping up with the Kardashians, because from what I understand, their ratings went to the toilet last year, particularly as the year went on. Um, their season finale, in fact, did not do well, like had, had less numbers, worse ratings than like a video that Chris Jenner had put out. So if you find out that this is all a promotional stunt, will it anger you to the point that you will never watch this show again? This is a really good question because, you know, as a lot of our followers know, we are major fans of 90 Day Fiance. And in this last season, we did find out that one of the storylines was completely corrupt. And I have since unfollowed the two characters, Ashley and Jay, and um, I'm completely turned off by them. Uh, so I, I, I won't follow their antics anymore. I'm still a fan of the show. I'm still willing to watch the next season or the, the spinoff that's going to happen in the spring called Happily Ever After. Um, but yes, it did tick me off. The Kardashians are different because I have been following them for over a decade. And it, clearly I'm super invested emotionally in their lives. Um, so if I found out this was a press stunt then i wouldn't stop watching but i would put less emotional stock and financial stock because i i sort of follow what they you know what they're they're trying to peddle sometimes like i've you know bought kylie's makeup i've bought kim's makeup Um, so that's you did that interesting yeah that's how it might affect me as a viewer uh, let's let's entertain for a second that it is not a stunt and that it is real. So if it's real, which I do believe it's real, so if it is real, um, and you and I talked a little about this off air, but if it is real, from a Tristan Thompson perspective, and I don't mean to sound callous about this, but there's at this point kind of like no consequence. Like he's got a kid with Chloe. And they're always going to have a kid together, and he's always going to be her baby daddy in that respect. And 
he's got lots of money. He's, you know, he's kind of an also ran kind of basketball player. He doesn't play with LeBron anymore. So nobody's thinking about Tristan Thompson. He plays for a crappy team, Cleveland Cavaliers, but he's got an NBA salary. So he's got tons of dough. Um, but like at this point, after you cheat on her for like, you know, multiple times now, like how much more disappointed in him can people be? Right. So like, it's not really massively going to affect that dude, obviously, because he doesn't seem to give a damn. It's Jordan. That's where it's crazy, right? Crazy. Yeah, she did dirty. She really did dirty. You know, like, I, I you're right. I can easily put Tristan Thompson. Is that his yes. name? Thompson? Tristan Thompson. I, is there a P or there no? Is, there P? is a P, yes. Thompson. I can put Tris, Tristan in the community dick box. <laughs> and that's where he stays. And nobody cares, right? I did right? not it's, know there was a community dick box. I was unaware. Yeah, like, of that. I mean, it's, it's, it's easily accessible, apparently. Like, who cares? It's not exclusive dick, okay? So no thank you on that. And, <laughs> you know, you're irrelevant now. And, you know, whoever is going to trist with him, then they're trash too. And I think everyone knows that by now. But the Jordan part of this story is really interesting because when you and I were discussing this off air, we talked about the psychology behind being the bitch, right? So when you are somebody's bitch, so when you are associated with a Kardashian in whatever capacity, and I hate to sound crass about it, and I'm, I know they don't look at it like this. And I know that their relationships are probably as authentic as they truly want them to be. But you can't help but be their bitch. They are so influential and they are so powerful media wise that if you don't do as they want you to do, then they can really make or break you. So I think it's difficult for some people in their egos to be somebody's bitch. Like you couldn't be my bitch. <laughs> I couldn't really. No. <laughs> yeah, you could. No, I, I, you I do think that we stumbled on something just in talking about it that most people won't, which is most people will, will take the, you know, the very sort of straightforward and, and correct, by the way, not saying it's incorrect, but the correct, you know, reaction of, oh, my God, she's such an idiot. She had her whole world set in front of her. What an idiot she ruined her own life, not only her friendship right. with Kylie, but her, generally speaking, any business opportunities associated with the Kardashians, which is essentially this massive, you know, thing that is she's just pissing away. But I do right. think that the, what you're referring to as sort of being the bitch that stated otherwise, it's like, OK, if you are Tristan Thompson, if you are Jordan Woods and you are beholden to the Kardashians in a way that it completely overruns what otherwise would be what Oprah would consider your authentic self, your authentic life, that maybe there is this strange, almost subconscious built up resentment that you may or may not acknowledge and that somehow manifests itself in this way as a almost self-induced explosion of how do I get out of this? How do I get out of this or how do I gain control back of my own life decisions? We, and we may be way overanalyzing it, especially if it comes out to be fake, we're going to sound like we're idiots, right? Like going in, but I, but I do think if it is real, like that might be 
what's at play here. Like, and, and in a way that only a psychologist could be able to really dive into and explain, but it's almost like, cause you said I couldn't be yours. Let me just try to put myself in that situation. Let's say you were this massive diva singing star, right? Well, I am. Well, I mean, you know, let's just, you know, let's just say you were out. It's not that much of a reach. Let's say you were out about that already. And I was okay. like your dancer, right? I was, I was. <laughs> My backup dancer? Oh, that's funny that I would wait, be a dancer. Wait, I have a visual. All of a sudden that's funny because I'm dancing. So let's say I'm I'm your I'm a Tanaka to your Mariah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> You're right. I probably couldn't be Tanaka. Like Tanaka apparently is okay being Tanaka, but there's a little part inside of me that's like, Tanaka gonna try to break out with some big payday at this point at some point as well. I don't mean to be totally. cynical about it. But like I'm thinking to myself, this was me and you and I was your Tanaka. Yeah, I'd probably even if I didn't state it out loud, I'd probably – here's the thing, though, DeBay, and I want to make this clear, and I think this is the key sentence. The resentment is not actually toward you, much like in Jordan's case or in Tristan's case, it's not actually toward the Kardashians. The resentment is actually a self-resentment. Absolutely. That you're so bummed that your life has come to this. And you're basically acting out. Yeah, I think on the surface, you're absolutely right. On the surface, I think, you know, people can look at it. And even if you were yourself were in the position, you you would have to rationalize to yourself. Uh, what a great life I have. You know, I, I, I get, you know, free facial treatments and free trips and cars and the free, you know, my life is really great. But there's something inside of me that, you know, leaves me feeling unfulfilled or unhappy uh, or dissatisfied in some way. And that is an internalized sentiment that you have to, you know, make good within yourself. And I think that's difficult to do when you, when your place really is to be someone else's prop. And I guess it's more like, like the whole dude thing. So like Tristan Thompson being a dude, Tanaka in the case that I just talked about, me in our hypothetical scenario where apparently you think I would not be a good dancer, which is all another subject. <laughs> I'm a little upset about that. I think I would be a damn good dancer for you, by the way. I would still make you try out with everyone else. <laughs> oh, nice. Thanks. I actually have to audition. So like when it's a dude, dudes are dudes and dudes have egos. And if they feel like they're somebody else's bitch, they might act out this way. I don't know what Jordan's excuse would be. Well, Jordan's a dude. She, she, and I just mean that in the, she has a little bit more masculine energy. And, um, you know, I never really like to use the excuse of someone's age, but she is young. And I, I do think that that factors in. So the, the being young and fame and, you know, glow, she had a really big glow up year. She had her teeth fixed. She got a bunch of injections and she started working out with a trainer and she started feeling herself. And I think that just the naivete of not having enough life experience to know that there are certain lines that you don't cross, but Here's the thing. I do believe that she had a moment where she had to have thought about it. And there is speculation that this has been going on for more than just the one day. 
incident that had been sort of like an undercover affair for a month because Chloe and Tristan, in fact, broke up sort of silently um, over a month ago. And so maybe Tristan is operating on the fact that, well, you know, I'm a free man and maybe it's wrong that this is still sort of like Jordan is, you know, viewed within that family as like family, as their sister. But to Jordan, I think she had a moment, maybe even two, maybe several of them where she had to have thought to herself, this isn't right, but I'm going to do it anyway. Whereas Tristan gives no fucks, period. Tristan is just a big loser. <laughs> community of dicks. What do you call it? Community dick? He's a community. Yeah, he's community dick. <laughs> oh, you thought I was not PG. Um, yeah. Jeez, what a story. Now, of course, if this turns out to be just a publicity stunt, we'll erase this entire podcast and there'll be no record of it whatsoever. No, then we'll slam them because that's not cool. I was joking. Anyway, back okay. to the Real Housewives. The Housewives of Bev Hills. So Denise Richards just cold stroking at the old balance uh, life anti-aging balance frequency or whatever the fuck place he's got. Um, that's like a porn movie, right? That's like a pornographic scene. Uh, and Denise Richards was saying she was very very turned on by the fact that the other what's that other girl's name on the show erica was like oh i get turned on by thinking about you and your husband having sex and denise richards was getting off on that and then like everybody else was talking about how often they have sex and that was just one big great scene of is that what girls talk about i guess is what i'm getting at is that what y'all talk about all the time? <laughs> um maybe sometimes wow that's exciting what else happened yeah. on that show like that scene was so uh, memorable that I almost forgot. Oh, I know the other stuff. So they had that scene with Denise's daughter and Charlie Sheen. Uh, whether she right. whether she could, if somebody, if some boy asked her out to prom, I guess she's sixteen years old. Could she say yes? And in- no, I don't think she's sixteen yet. Oh, okay. Because that was the rule that Denise imposed, which was oh, you right, can't right. have a boyfriend until you're sixteen. Yeah. Did you say? Did you say go out with? Oh, is that old school? Is that like, is that show my age? What, what, do, what do you millennials say if not go out with? You, you just date no, <laughs> or you're with No, someone. but this was specifically for prom. So asked her out to prom. Okay. I think I used it in the proper context. If I'm... Okay, dad. But what was great, what was great. Well, don't you have a rule uh, about such things? If you had a child, wouldn't you have a rule? I think you would. Um, I think my rule would be that I'm not sure if I would impose an age because it's just a different time now. And the way that kids interact now is not uh, it, traditional, though, you know, how we did it. Um, but I think I might impose something like we need to meet the person. And as a family, we need to approve of this person in your as a positive influence in your life. Well, what was interesting about that exchange obviously was that denise richards she of the having freaky deaky sex at the dude's workplace um she was the one who was like no you can't do that and charlie sheen mr conservative was the was the level-headed dude right he was like well you know if you feel like he's the right kind of boy to to ask you to that you know that's okay then basically leaving what do you mean conservative no, i'm joking i'm saying sarcastic oh i'm oh. saying like of all things he was the guy to be level-headed about it and she miss you know oh by the way while i'm here at your office why don't you why don't you stick it in me 
she's the one who's like, no, you can't do that. Um, and, and what was great about it was that the daughter was very honest, right? She was open. She's like, well, since you don't want me to have a boyfriend now, I want one. <laughs> yeah, totally. I love that. Yeah. That's right. You got to play mind games with these kids now. Just tell them what you don't like. Uh, yeah. I don't care if you have a boyfriend. Be like, you should totally spread your legs all the time. Have 13 boyfriends. That's what I think <laughs> I'd want you to do. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Speaking of Denise Richards, um, I just want to talk about her style. I really appreciate her casual style. So far, we have seen her dress very event appropriately every time she's at, you know, like a day party at Kyle's last last episode. She was wearing um, a sort of a cute summery top. She did it again when she was just hanging out with her family at her Malibu home. Just casual jeans and a cute little top. And... um, I just really appreciate it because I, these women, they just go over the top uh, with, on, with every scene. Of course, it's, you know, it's premeditated and they know that they're going to film and they're putting their outfits together, which I completely understand. But I still maintain you have to be event appropriate. You have to kind of match your environment. So it'll be interesting to see if as the season goes on and Denise becomes more aware stylistically of what these women are doing if she's going to sort of match that same tone. Oh, that's a good point. Again, under the category of things you would think about watching and I would never think about, um, which is why it's awesome to watch this with you. I, I think you're right. Like she doesn't, you know, the phrase that you use is try hard. She is so not a try hard. And I love that. Right. I love yeah. Most and here's the thing. Can I give a little man advice to to the women out there? Yes, please. That's why you're here. Oh, that's why I'm here. Um, <laughs> Not your dancing skills. I think. Yeah, that's. Can I tell you something? I'm a little upset by that. Still, I'm a little, a little offended. Uh, but but the uh, most dudes. I'm gonna go ahead and say most. I haven't pulled every dude on earth, but like just anecdotally in my world of dudes, most dudes appreciate a girl who just kind of is casual and doesn't try that hard. Like I, if a guy thinks you're beautiful, he really thinks you're beautiful and you don't have to try hard. Like at some point, and I get it. Girls like to dress up for themselves and all that, but you're not doing it for us. Most of the time you really aren't just know that you're not doing it for us. We we appreciate you in sweats and jeans. And so Denise Richards, who by the way, I've made fun of here on the show, but I think I'd actually like her in real life. She seems like a pretty level headed girl or, or lady, yeah. I should say. Um, but like, I, I agree with you. She, especially right when juxtaposed against, uh, that scene with Rinna and Dorit and Erica, when they're in that restaurant hatching the whole Bahamas plan, when they are so trying hard with their fashion, right? Yeah. The, the, okay. So Rinna, okay. So I don't think that Rinna necessarily does. I think Rinna really does love fashion and she dresses according to, you know, what makes her look good, although almost everything looks good on her. Um, But it's Erica and Dorit who really reach uh, fashion-wise. You you kind of have it in for uh, Dorit, though, don't you? um, I don't know if I have it in for her, but she does bother me stylistically. Okay, that's fair. Maybe even personally. Um, <laughs> let me throw that. Yeah, maybe I think she's a horrible human being. But other than that. Listen, she rubs me the wrong way because she's not authentic. If somebody is going to put on an accent, and I just think that she's putting on this whole robbed business. 
oh, you don't think she was robbed? Well, how come we didn't hear about it? How come she didn't rant and rave about it, you know, off camera? Um, and then as soon as the cameras went on this season, the first thing she says is, and I got robbed. And guess what? All of my handbags and all of my jewelry was taken. Yeah, I mean, but I don't know if that's her fault or if that's the producer's fault for not making a big, bigger deal about it, right? But, you, no, the producers are not around off season. So if it happened during the summertime and they were not filming then how come we didn't hear about it in the headlines? Yeah. You know, it's, a, it's that's a big deal. I mean, imagine handbags and jewelry being gone. We're probably talking about millions of dollars. Yeah. And it's interesting because, you know, they did. I uh, Okay, so now this is where I'm going to get hit with a lot of comments. I don't know if they were hit with a, uh, a tax, maybe a tax evasion or a tax bill um, amounting to over a million dollars. So it's like, did you sell everything off to pay that bill? And then you're just saying, oh, it's gone. I don't have all the fancy stuff because oh, we got robbed. Interesting. I don't know. I'm, maybe I'm connecting dots that don't need to be connected. But she does bother me. She's really reaching. She needs to fix her hair. It bothers me so much. <laughs> this like half up on the ha side of her head business is really bothering me. And then. Let's talk about that lunch where she, Rena, and Erica met. And Erica, she was wearing a soccer jersey dress, which, yeah, all right, but not. It just it it didn't it didn't flatter her. I get it's like a casual lunch, but um, I don't know. She maybe she needed to finish off that look with the rest of her look, uh, shoes and hair. But um, Dorit her hair is so dumb <laughs> it's so dumb uh, and then she yeah. was doing the high low so she was wearing a cutoff sweatshirt um and then paired it with you know glitter skirt which i love high low dressing it, meaning you know you sort of do something fancy and then you do something less fancy um, but she, I, I don't know maybe it's because of the way i feel about her but i just looked at that and i thought she is reaching and it didn't flow. It just, nothing about her comes off authentic. Interesting. Interesting. And yet as, and as a dude, you're looking at her, you're like, oh man, like Bahamas, another chance to see her in a bathing suit. Like, so, you know. Oh my God. Yeah. So that's, no, but I, I that's interesting. Like you give me a perspective on stuff that, that I always find interesting because again, fashion is not something that I would be focused on, but now I kind of try to see it through that lens i don't have a keen eye for it like you do but um that's interesting about her i definitely you definitely notice the difference especially when we're talking about juxtaposed against uh denise richards i denise, yeah. i i did think that and again i always you know i hate i hate that i have to think is this real is this not real because i prefer to think that this stuff is real all the time me too yeah um, but i i did think that the part of the show where Lisa Rinna, first of all, she was talking to Teddy about Teddy confessed that she had had an eating disorder, not eating disorder, but that she was told by her agents when she first came to Hollywood that she needed to lose weight. Oh, and actually did develop, a, I believe, a, an eating disorder because of that pressure. Uh, now she's super skinny, but Lisa Rinna reminded her daughter of that conversation when her daughter, who truly was flirting with very dangerous anorexia, uh, yeah. sort of 
by herself, really, if you believe the story, figured out a way to reverse course and was super open about it on social media. And if that story is true, and I have no reason to believe it's untrue because it's all documented on social media. Uh, and forgive me, I don't, can't remember Lisa Rinna's daughter's name, but Amelia, Amelia, Amelia or Amanda, Amelia. Um, what a great story that is. Like that's, I mean, while we're sitting here joking about Denise Richards, you know, letting, uh, letting her dude get it in at the, at his workplace, the real, the real feel. You're the only one talking about that. <laughs> really? I don't, I don't think I am. <laughs> the real feel good story of that show, of that episode was Lisa Rinna's daughter. I thought that was great. I agree. I really, really agree. And I think that it's so important that that stuff is exposed and super courageous. I mean, Amelia is only, I'm going to say she's 17. She's maybe 18. She's still very, very young. And I remember that unfolding on social media where she just posted a picture of herself in a bikini and she wrote a whole long thing, you know, explaining that it was tough for her to get there. And that, you know, just a year before that, she would never ever have shown herself like that. And, you know, she was super vulnerable. And I think especially for social media on platforms like Instagram, where these girls are, you know, they portray themselves as beyond perfect because they are, they are Photoshopped and they are Facetuned that we, we try and shift that bar to a more realistic place so that the younger generation can see that this is, these are stories we're telling about ourselves. This is not real life. So that was super cool. And it made me respect Lisa Rinna more as a person, because I think the way that she supports her daughters is really cool. Yeah, and, and not that Lisa Rinna does this intentionally because, as Lisa Rinna points out, it's part of the business she's in to remain skinny. But she is actually right there in her daughter's face as one of those people who is so unrealistically skinny all the time. It's true. That's right. You know, so it, it is this interesting. Um, but she acknowledges, she acknowledges it. You know, she acknowledges, she's super, yeah, yeah, she owns it. She totally owns it. Um, so I'm not saying it in a, in a way where I'm trying to cast – I was about to say cast shade. That's not what you people say. You say throw shade, right? And by you people, I mean you youngins. <laughs> by the way, I sound like I'm a thousand years old on this podcast. Why is the yeah, why is could this you happening? Like not have a cold. Sorry. Uh, the next time we podcast, it's really um, gross. Yeah, <laughs> that'd be great. Thanks. Thanks. Gossip, glam, and gook in my nose. <laughs> Sorry. I didn't mean for that to be the yeah. case. There was, I'm trying to think like of all the other things on the show. The only other thing on the show that I remember, it was kind of just a throw in at the beginning was that whole, forgive me, Lisa Vanderpump fans, but the whole Lisa Vanderpump like laughing gas thing with Kyle, which to me was just like a throw in scene in the beginning. Oh, totally. Yeah. I see. I said it on the very first episode. I said, please do not disappoint me. The trailer was so good. And I just do not want to feel deflated after watching the next, you know, few episodes. And after this week's episode, episode two, I just feel like I was slightly bored by all of this. Oh, Oh, one thing on the um, fashion front, PK. Oh, PK, yes. Oh, with the uh, with the ripped jeans, right? Ripped jeans and sneakers. Oh, I was going to ask you about this. So let me just give you my take, and then you'll tell me how stupid my take is. How about that? 
<laughs> okay, go. Okay. So <laughs> I see him in ripped jeans and sneakers, and I'm like, oh, that's pretty sweet because, like, PK, not the youngest dude in the world, not the slimmest dude in the world, um, but it sort of made him feel younger. But if I know you, debate, now I'm going to predict what you're going to tell me. What you're going to tell me is, yeah, that's true. But you know, if you're not super skinny, it's a tougher look to pull off. Mm, no, this is what I'm going to say. Okay. I loved that he was wearing ripped jeans with sneakers. Me too. I'm so okay. glad you said that. So, so you may have had a thought. And as a man um, who is not just outside of the millennial age group. Thank you. You might look at that and think, oh, but is that age appropriate? And I know for a lot of my male clients who are a little bit older, they will ask that. If I present, you know, items that are more on trend, they really have this sort of identity crisis. And they're like, wait, no, but can I wear that? Because I don't want to look like I'm trying too hard or dress age inappropriately, which I understand that dialogue that you can have in your head. But you even said, you know, you saw it and you initially were like, hey, I like that he's wearing that. He felt a little cool to me. Yeah. Yeah. So the point about that is, okay, so so you don't want to dress age inappropriately. That is a total no-no. I absolutely agree with that. So let's say you're um, older, let's say you're an older woman, like you don't want to expose too much skin right? You just, you, that is age inappropriate. <laughs> you choose one area of your body and you can expose that one area. I am going is... show off my left knee, that kind of thing. <laughs> For dudes. Yeah. But the, but the point about that is that the dressing that uh, makes you look a little bit more on trend. What that does is it communicates a look of relevance and that's what you got from his look. You were like, Hey, PK now to me feels like he's relevant. He feels like he has his finger on the pulse. It yes. feels like he knows what he's talking about yes. because he's not stuck in some, in the dark ages. Yes. Like he's in the game. That's exactly right. See, this is interesting. In the me, game. I've never like, so you're, what you're doing for me here is you're translating fashion. And fashion to me might as well be, you know, what's the old expression? It's all Greek to me. And so that's exactly right. right. So it feels like he's in the game. That's right. And it feels like he cares and is super invested in life. And more more importantly, I think the other way of looking at it is he hasn't given up like we see with so many other people. And so if you were interacting with PK on a business level or on a personal level, that would translate in your mind as I could invest in him. Because he invests in himself. That's a great point. I'd be like, what's up, dog? And he'd be like, what the hell's a dog? Whatever his <laughs> accent is. I shave my arms and my, oh, my, my British accent is horrible. Well, his is, his is a little, you got to get into the groove with his, right? Which I did not do there either. His is pretty sharp. Oh, sharp. I don't know if that's the right word, but you know what I mean? Like his is pretty, uh, pretty off, pretty distinct. Um, I'm sure there's a regional reason for why he talks the way he talks, right? Like the, he probably comes from a certain area, but his is pretty like, what wouldn't I, you know, he like, uh, it's pretty thick. Um, the only thing I can say is you talk like you're from London. <laughs> I don't know if he's from London or not, but yeah, but I liked, I liked the fact that he was wearing that. I'm glad you pointed out. Cause I would have forgotten. Um, In that same scene, 
uh, he and Dorit are in their home and they're walking towards the couch. And that's where we see him wearing the ripped jeans and sneakers and get the vibe of, okay, PK, you're in the game. That's cool. But Dorit, on the other hand, she also was wearing a white button down shirt loosely, casually. That's cool. But she would paired it with Gucci pants again with the Gucci. They were electric blue sort of spandexy pants. And, you know, it's not that that look is bad, you know, I think that if anyone else had that look on, then it, it, it could be fine. It would probably look great, but it, you know, silhouette is everything. And so somebody's silhouette and their stature and their gait, all of that matters. So if you can't hold it properly, do you know what I'm saying by hold it? If you can't carry it, if you can't walk with it, uh-huh. if your natural physical silhouette just doesn't vibe with it, then you shouldn't wear it. So imagine, to me, that's like, imagine Taylor Swift wearing the exact same outfit. How would that look? She wouldn't be able to pull it off? Would that appear sexy to you? Well, there's nothing about Taylor Swift that's sexy to me. Plus, what do you think I am, a pedophile? Like, I, I just don't, you know. <laughs> well, no, okay, never mind the age. But let's say, let's say then... I'll take Courtney Kardashian who works out like a fiend yeah. and she's really tight and she's got curves where she has to have curves, nothing overly anything. Right. right? Uh-huh. And let's say she had that outfit on, it would have a sexier vibe. Yeah. I can see that. That was also the scene where Dorit went in and out of the accent more than any other one in this particular episode. So she was like, and that doesn't bother you. Uh, no, because I actually think when she's not doing the accent thing, she has a very interesting speaking voice. I think she has like a great voiceover voice, like a great radio voice. But then in that scene, and I don't know if it's because PK's talking back at her. That could be, by the way, we could be killing her. But in that scene, she was like, yes. So we're going to the Bahamas. What do you think about that? You know, (laughs) I'm exaggerating, (laughs) but it's like, come on, really? You just went from one sense to the other and you were like American there. And then you were, I don't know what the next one. Yeah, but we talked about this. We deb- we we have debated this, yeah. and I and you know when it's like the whole Madonna thing. She spent years in um, England, and then she had right. that accent. Well, and, she was you ridiculous. Know, Madonna was ridiculous. Okay, so but but that's your argument, right? You're saying if you spend enough time in and around you know, with people who have a certain accent, you're going to eventually pick something up. But I've said, listen, I've hung out with you for like years and you don't hear me talking like you. (laughs) I don't have a distinctive accent though. You have a certain way of speaking to Gil. Well, I'll take that as a compliment. (laughs) Listen to me, listen to me thinking to myself. Yes, indeed. Um, Gate. That you know what the other interesting part about what you just said is just to wrap it up. Gate, G A I T. Gate. One of the best compliments you've ever given me was about gate. Right? Gate matters. I I did see you before we were ever we ever connected. I did see you walking across the street, and I did think to myself, that dude's got a good gate. <laughs> so stupid. That dude's got a good gate. Not he's cute no. or I like his smile. No, just a gate. <laughs> like a horse. Well, Debay, um, I actually enjoyed this last episode of Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. I thank you for uh for uh you know including me in the podcast about the subject. Well, you're very welcome, Gil. I'm the one that should be thanking you because you are the king of podcasting. You are a master podcaster. <laughs> 
And uh, <laughs> we are very grateful to have your presence with us as we discuss the gossip and the glam of the Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. I encourage everyone to follow us on Instagram. The handle is Real Housewives Podcast. You can find me on Twitter at I am Debay. And subscribe and like to this podcast and uh, give us a quick rating. We would really appreciate it. And we will come to you next week. Maybe not, (laughs) if I'm being honest. Uh, We're really gearing up towards the uh, debut episode of The Real Housewives of New York. That's really where my heart is. Um, We have some personal stories about some of the cast of the Housewives of New York. Oh, do we ever? What? Yeah. Uh, Our dream came true and then it didn't. (laughs) It almost did. It almost did. But never say never. We want to share that with you. And so um, show us your support and, you know, maybe uh, we'll muster up another episode. Um, And... That's it. Thank you so much for joining us and for listening and for all of your support. Thank you, DeGill. Thank you. Don't bother me the rest of the day. I'll be dancing.